Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Hello and welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show where Reasonable Voices come to talk about politics and arts and the world of music and uh, what's going on for humankind. And today my guest uplifts us all with his music. He is one of the sons of Bill, one of the three, the elders of the three, Sam Wilson. Sam, how are you today? You know, I'm doing great. Pleasure to be here. Today is the, uh, we're starting off the tour today. Yes. I got all the, I got all the guys in the van and we're headed towards Austin. Oh, wow. Now, now tell us... We're, we're, still, we're still in Nashville, but we're, we're getting ready to make the track. Okay, and tell us about that van again. I believe you described it the, the other day to me. It's quite unique and and complete. How's that? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, our last van was called Little Debbie because we, had, we found a box of Little Debbies in there, and we drove almost 400,000 miles with it. Uh-huh. And I don't miss those days one bit. It was fun. <laughs> right now we've got a sprinter. We've got some bunks in the back. We're, we're excited. We're all prepared. Okay. Be great tour. Okay. And I should say, uh, you're touring <laughs> with Skylar Fisk, Carl Anderson, uh, and Sam Wilson, of course, you, uh, have announced that um, the September and October dates, tour dates, for the Restless Hearts, which uh, refers to the three of you, Yes. That's it, yes, sir. And this follows uh, the album Blue Ribbon Winner by Skylar Fisk and also the album uh, Risk of Loss by Carl Anderson. And I would say also the album of Love and Logic by the Sons of Bill featuring Sam Wilson, my guest today. So it, there's a lot of music power going on down the road here. Tell us about that. You know, it's, uh, like I said, it happened pretty organically. Um, I've been friends with Carl for a while. We've been playing music for, for years now. And he was in town. We were doing a solo show together. And I, I had this idea that I really wanted to get him in, into the studio because it's really easy to get burnt out in Nashville. You know, Nashville yes. kind of has the mentality of, like, let's all get in the studio. We all look cool. You know, <laughs> we can, we can, we'll nail it in one take. Uh-huh. You know, whereas my studio, it's like, let's examine, let's, like, 
you know, the best way for the song to come across, and it was just sort of cosmic that Skylar was in town to sing a song that they had written a while ago. Mm-hmm. So they picked, so they picked this song, and uh, we basically just went in and cut it live. And, uh, you know, I just sort of had them facing each other, and they they literally wrote the bridge in the studio, and 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 I was uh, I was at the control room. I was in the control room, and I basically played steel along with them. And, mm. Wow. We sort, of, we sort of just came up with this really beautiful arrangement and then we sort of outsourced it to some of Skyler's friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got upright bass on it. We got string. I, I did a string arrangement and we got, we ended up getting drums on it. And it just, it all ended up kind of happening really naturally. And one of my friends, Dave Stipe and I, we mixed it together and, and, and here we are. It came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, September 23rd, we're, we're, 24th. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're super psyched. We just finished up Americana Fest, uh-huh. which uh, Sons of Bill had a set, and Carl had a set, and Skyler was sitting in with us, and uh, it was just a, um, it, it was, it was just a really great week, and now we're all trying to just sort of get to Austin safely and get this tour going, but everybody's pumped. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I guess so. Um, you know, what's the... Um, your uh, personal uh, studio, since you, you talked about how this sort of got launched there organically with the three of you, what is a typical day for those of us who, for those who are not in the music business? I, I can't say I'm in the music business, but I certainly have directed musical theater and sang opera in my youth and all that kind of stuff. But what's a typical day like at Sam Wilson's East of the Sun studio? I love that. East of the Sun. That's a great question, and one of the things I wanted to do, and I felt like was sort of the old echelon of recording was, you know, you get in and you spend a whole day, you know, you're working with tape, which is really cool, but you spend a whole day getting drums down, mm-hmm. and there's like bong smoke everywhere, and everybody's blacking off, and then you got to get lunch, and, <laughs> you know, the cables aren't working, and one of my big goals, and it's something I've actually been working on for probably the past decade, is mm-hmm. just getting so that the studio is really efficient, where we sort of have an old school mentality about how we record mm-hmm. with using with using modern technology. So I'm able to track a full band down and I converted my garage into a tracking room. Uh-huh. So I'm able to record a full band and I'm able to record a singer-songwriter. I'm able to record a duo. I A lot of the work that I get is people sending me tracks where I play pedal steel or piano or guitar and I can send it to him like that it's just it's really I really want it to be efficient yes so I can really load up on projects and I don't have a lot of gear but the gear I have sounds really good and so it, and, and it, it looks right onto the Blue Ridge Mountain wow I want I want it to be a place where people from the city could sort of escape city life mm-hmm. and just sort of get into the vibe of you know, the, the Blue Ridge Mountains and, and where we live. And I've just always loved the, the East of the Sun. You probably know this as an opera guy, maybe, but it's, it's an old show tune, East of the Sun, West of the Moon. Oh, yes. And uh, and it's one of my favorite standards. And I just sort of wanted to encapsulate that with the studio. And this was sort of, and, and honestly, this restless part is probably what I'm most proud of. Mm. And, you know, we spent a lot of time with the Sons of Bill pre-production. Yes. And then this sort of just magically fell into my lap, and then it turned into a tour. And so, so, and I, I still grow 
delegate, but we're still trying to just keep it really humble. But I've got I've got some really good folks that I've worked with. And, sure. And it, it was just cool being able to send the song off to a bass player in L.A. or or a drummer in Philly and to get these tracks back and say, man, this sounds good. This is great. You know, since, you, uh, since you've mentioned that, I mean, this reaching out, I know you've told me before that uh, you kind of got the three of you, Carl and Skyler, and you got a, um, a good, shall we say, first draft, as I would say as a writer. And it was beautiful. It was wonderful. But then Skyler started uh, coming up with, well, but we could add drummers. We could add this. We could add that. And you... Explain that process of then sending the work out to other professionals, bass professionals, drummer professional musicians, who sure. then added that, and then you married it back at the East of the Sun. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's just that we finished the song, and we finished the song, and it just, uh, you know, we realized, like, this is a really good song, but it was, it was over five minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just sort of said, let's get some strings in here. And while they were tracking, I was just sort of improvising on some MIDI strings. And I just realized that the song could sort of benefit from some more production. And yes. like I said, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of negatives about modern production right now. Yes. Which is um, it's easy to just over-compress things. Everybody's listening on their phone. And I just, I wanted to... You know, sort of keep that idea. Like, I toured the Woodland Studio, Gillian Welch and Dave Rowling Studio, mm-hmm. several years ago, and I, I had seen that they had, I saw how they set up their rig, and they were both staring, they were both looking at each other. And I sort of wanted to emulate that. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. And, but one of the benefits, I think, of modern technology is that you can just bounce something down to an MP3 and spend it. You know, a lot of these musicians have their own home studios, too, and they're able to just throw it into Pro Tools or whatever, you know, whatever DAW they have. Yes. And send it back. And it was just, each time they got it back, it was just, it made the song keep sounding better and better. Exactly. Just building and building layers and layers and better and better, yes. Really? Whereas you should not be able to do that. You used to have to take... No, it was two track. It was two inch tape, and you had to, and you had to, you had to, you know, actually take the tape to a different studio. Yes. And so, you know, of all the of all the things that are, I think are really tough about the music industry these days, I think that's really cool because it's been able to have me connect with some really cool artists that yes. made it. You know, and I've heard the song probably two hundred times, and mm-hmm. I love it as much as I did the first time. The guy that played strings on it played strings on deck sea change, and it just like I just couldn't be more proud. Yes. Well, you know, you touched on something. You mentioned something earlier about uh, your experience in, in Nashville. Is You know, a, a, a lot of is expected just you're on the line, get it done, one take. It reminds me of my days on soap operas in New York. Yeah. We, we weren't required, <laughs> but we certainly were expected to get it in one take and definitely no more than three. <laughs> if, you, if you took more than sure. three takes, you were in trouble. So sure. uh, I understand 
what that means and then being able to have the time to develop and and look what's happened to to the song because of that and uh and to bring in others and to build on it it's uh that's the experience uh, and of course something else we i think all four of us have in common to one degree or another we've all lived in virginia at one time or another skyler carl you me is that true mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, it's a beautiful place, Virginia. Beautiful commonwealth. Yeah, it, it is, it is. It's, it's part of what I think all of us have in common, and that, you know, it's a wonderful place as, as Nashville is. It's, yes. You know, it's just easy. Sometimes I feel like I go to shows, and I'm like, well, we're all here. We all have cool instruments. We yeah. all look cool. <laughs> yes. But sometimes the music ends up getting a little... Sometimes the music ends up getting a little boring, or it just ends up being a little sterile. Uh-huh. Sometimes you have to like deconstruct things. You have to, you know, you have to redo things, and you have to, uh, you have to be able to just sort of adjust on the spot, and you have to put your ego to the side. Yes. You know, yes. And so much of being a special musician is, is can be ego driven because it's like, yeah, we're going to come in and nail it one day. <laughs> we have four <laughs> sessions today, and I don't really have an interest in that. Like, I have an interest in really learning songs. Mm-hmm. And really getting and really getting deep inside them and just you know figuring out the best way for them to speak and and that's what my whole goal of starting East of the Sun is not to just crank out records you know uh-huh. I don't even advertise I just I use it as a place like my laboratory where mm-hmm. I can work on things that I really believe in yes and, and really get it right and that's why I gave like Skyler got co-production credit because we just sat there for hours and just sort of did the editing and just really made it, you know, really made it to the speaking. Yes. Instead of just being like, well, it sounds good. Yeah. Let's just go on ahead. <laughs> and I feel like that's sometimes the mentality here. And it's easy to get your head, you have to keep your head above water because there's so much, like, like the zeitgeist is like ubiquitous in this town where it's like, you can just start to think that way. And so I'm just trying to bring in a different energy to that. And, I feel like this track does it, and uh, you know we're hoping to do more. Like the big goal is that we're going to be trying to write a lot more on the store and just you know whatever it amounts to. Sure. Um, you know that's that's sort of all our mentalities right now. And, Excellent. Um, well, it's it's de- it's definitely a, a union of uh, artists. That's for certain. And I know I, I sort of introduced the tour and the members of the tour a little more than, but to back up a little bit and and give your background so that we understand why how it is you're able to join a tour at this time. You are, uh, as I said, the eldest of the brothers in the cosmic uh, American group Sons of Bill, and um, you know Sons of Bill's uh, four studio albums and a decade of international touring has has garnered global acclaim from both critics and audiences. However, in in the Charlottesville, Virginia area, we know the Sons of Bill from live performances in Charlottesville at uh, at the Jefferson uh, Theater and the Paramount Theater. And I I got a lead on something the other day. I'm going to track it down before I tell you about it. But there's another possibility. Uh, uh, for a um, uh, for a venue for you that um, if I if I can work it out I'll, I'll let you know. But anyway, Sam, my question to give you my question. Oh, oh, and one other thing about Sam that I I, I want to mention is Sam is a classically trained uh, guitarist, and 
uh, years. Uh, he's played, uh, he's been a jazz musician in New York City. And also, uh, we know now, of course, producer, studio owner, and but do you know he's a multi-instrumentalist, which I always like to say when I hear that, which, which he can play almost anything. So, um, but, that, <laughs> yes, but that brings me to my question, which is, how is it you are able to take the time to go on tour at this point? Where are the, the other you know, sons of Bill? Honestly, right now, is, uh, we're just trying to figure out. We've gone through a lot of changes in the past year. Our, our bass player had a baby and is going back to school. And my brother, Abe, has always been an architect, and he's been focusing more on architecture. Uh-huh. So it's sort of, so it's sort of fallen in the lap of, uh, of James and me. And so we've been trying to figure that out. And, you know, I've been writing my solo stuff for a long time, and it's all really tried to go to Sons of Bill, but more recently, I've been, uh, I've really just been wanting to do some solo stuff, uh-huh. and, and to sort of really hone that, to hone that craft, because I've never been on a solo tour, this is my first solo tour, and, and I kind of just weaseled my way, Carl and Skyler let me on, and, but it's cool, because we're all, we're all kind of backing each other up, and we're, we're kind of making it a, a dynamic performance instead of just three different songwriters going up. Gotcha. So, so we're just trying to figure that out. And, uh, but, but basically right now, I mean, we've done, we've done a lot of pre-production um, at my home studio and we've been sending it out to producers and we've been getting really good response. So we're just, it's in that, that kind of weird stage where it's like, where it's like, how much money do we want to spend and, and what and who's going to be and, you know all the business stuff that, that really isn't that fun to think about mm-hmm. you know we, we've just been trying to be creative and we also feel like we need to write a couple more songs and that's something I'm trying to do on this tour is just it's just to keep writing and 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 you know and Carl and Skyler are total monsters <laughs> songwriters so all right. Listen, uh, I tell you what, Sam, let's take a break now, and um, we'll be right back. We're talking with Sam Wilson, the eldest son of the Sons of Bill, and we'll be right back. He's on the road, by the way, with Skylar Fisk and Carl Anderson, and they're on tour. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. I think, actually, they're quite literally on tour now. Is that right, Sam? Yes, we're literally on the road. We're on hands-free. It's all day. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. Stay with us. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. In the world most of us live in, we face plenty of challenges. Broken families, financial hardship, unexpected pregnancies, and all manner of complex events. Imagine experiencing these difficulties in a foreign country without money, barely able to speak the language, and with no safety net. Entre Nos is a bare-bones picture. There is little backstory. Soon after immigrating to New York from Colombia, Mariana is deserted by her no-good husband left behind to fend for herself and her two young children. This is the story of her desperate struggle to survive in a strange land. Thankfully, there is triumph in the end. 
the film was written and directed by mariana's real-life daughter as a tribute to the mom who had the strength and the will to make her family survive an especially poignant scene will sear the soul and not soon be forgotten imagine watching your starving children tear apart an empty bag of cheetos to lick the dust from the crevices then imagine having to apologize to them for conditions not in your control for a life you cannot change for the poverty into which they were born Andre Nos is far better experienced on film than in life independent film where the real stories are told you can find us on the web at www.indiefilmminute.com welcome back to the reasonable voices talk radio show my guest today is one of the sons of Bill, Sam Wilson, who is literally on the road with uh, Skylar Fisk and Carl Anderson, and they are doing a tour uh, that, uh, well, it has started <laughs> as of today, I guess, uh, September 20, uh, what day is it? September 26th. And mm-hmm. will, uh, uh, I think your first show is in Texas, is that right, uh, Sam? Austin, yeah, Texas? It's been Junior. It's actually the room Sons of Bill plays. It's a great, it's a great room. Um, we're pretty pumped. We've actually been doing just a lot of rehearsals. There's this really funky rehearsal space in Nashville. Yes. I almost don't want to tell people the name of it because it's my favorite spot. Yes, but, I know. Uh, I got. Cool. It's, almost, I, it's almost like a little. It's almost like a little venue. Yes. We just got in, and we've just been. We've just been playing a lot of music. I mean, the one thing the three of us share is we all just love. Rehearsing. It reminds mm-hmm. me of like my baseball moves. Like most people hated baseball practice, but I love practice. Mm-hmm. These two are the same way. Like we're just we're having fun, just going over the music and just trying to make it a dynamic show. And and I'm sure when you find a place where you can rehearse that really fits for you, you, you don't want to tell everybody because you want to make certain you can always get there. Yes. <laughs> yep. 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 All right, well, from Austin, you move on to Houston, Texas, and and, uh, and then Arizona, yes, California. How long are you guys yep. going to be out? We're going to be out for several weeks, and uh, it's going to be nice. We're, um, we're in the sprinter, and the goal is to sort of just have some, have some great shows and then also just be able to get some good real writing done and listening done and... You know, just sort of all dig back in. I feel mm-hmm. like it's been a while since all of us have really toured, and maybe that has something to do with the rest of our name, and, and we're all just sort of uh, embracing that, and just you know, seeing where it goes. Yes. You know, we we've already said that uh, you and uh, Skylar Fisk and Carl Anderson recorded "Restless Heart" live at your East of the Sun studio. But I read a quote somewhere that Skyler says this song feels like hanging out with an old heartbroken friend in the best way. Can you tell us what she meant? <laughs> yeah, what does she mean by that, Sam? Did I say that? Uh, no, she said that, Skyler. Yes. I sort of feel like this kind of fell into all of our laps and turned into the story. 
Well, I, w I guess it's a good time to mention, because sometimes we forget these sort of things, but the cover art for the single Restless Heart is designed by V.M. Fisk. And, uh, and, that's, and I've seen it, so that's certainly worth noting. And for pre-orders, we, we should say you can, uh, pre-orders for the sh uh, song can be made at uh, iTunes. Yeah, it's actually out. You can just, buy, you can just straight up buy it right now. Okay. All right, so we can go to iTunes and, and, and get it. And it's also on Spotify and, uh, you know, all those things. Okay, all those platforms, as they say. Yeah. Very good. Now, now we've released it short uh, people who know me again, they know me as a, a, a TV actor and a, a theater director and an opera singer. And when I first told the guys at the radio station that I was going to be talking to you and what I was going to be talking about, they laughed and said, what do you know about that music? And I said, well, you know, I, I, I have to be in the mood for some music. You know, I'm always in the mood for opera, but... Go ahead. I love like, like the thing is, like, I love opera, and well, I love, like, classical music, I'm so glad you you said that because that's essentially the way I answered the question, that it's all coming from that same creative, artistic gift that, and the gift, you know, we, we could talk many shows about where the gift comes from, but it's that extra something whose source we may never understand, but just be grateful we've got it and then we share it and that's all there is to it. That's all we have to do, and it doesn't matter if the else is bigger than. I mean, it's easy to get jealous. It's easy to look at other people's career, but just like Ethan Hawke said, you know, it's just you just got to keep going, and you can't be afraid of being embarrassed. You can't be embarrassed. It's like Allen Ginsberg, you know, went on Johnny Carson as a Hare Krishna, and they were like, "Don't you know they're making fun of you?" Mm. He's like, "Of course I know they're making fun of me. That's my job." Mm. And I, I feel like that's our job. As uh -huh. artists. It's not to just look cool or it's just to, you know, it's our job to be putting ourselves out there. Well, you know, talking about putting yourself out there, even before this tour began with Skylar Fisk and Carl Anderson, you as a member of the Sons of Bill, the three brothers, of course, there are songs that I, I've listened to and re-listened to. And sometimes I, I started to say, sometimes I have to be in the mood for certain music. Well, your sure. music is one that uh, many times... I will end my day with because it just, I mean, I put on the headphones and started at 6 a.m. for that matter because they oh, take man. me to, That's very sweet of you. well, they just take me to 
a place where I can um, be alone with my thoughts, but I'm alone with the universe, if you will. So I'm yeah. not, not really alone. But some of those songs, like The Big Unknown and Virginia okay. Calling, uh, uh, Lost in the Cosmos, the hymn song. I mean, it, they just, yeah. it, it, these are beautiful songs that are moving and touching and the music is great, but the lyrics for me just, I'm a libretto kind of guy. So I can yeah, love the sure. music and remember the, the melody, but it's, it's those lyrics that um, can really turn me around because it's poetry. And I know I've mentioned to you before, one of the first of your lyrics that really hit me was the twilight looks a whole lot like the dawn. You, oh. you, you mentioned that. Yes. That's, like, that's a cool song because it's called the song is called Last Call of the Eschaton. Yes. And basically, Eschaton is the apocalypse. Yes. So it's sort of this weird, dark, but it's also optimistic in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like, that's just what you constantly want to go for is that you want to dig the depth, but you also want to you know, you want to find the optimism. You want to find the redemption. And that's yes. why we do it. Why else would we do it? We're not doing it for our health. That's, you know? <laughs> yes. I always say people get all upset and frightened about the book of Revelation. I don't think Revelation is about the end of anything. I think it's about a whole new awakening. And when I first heard the twilight looks a whole lot like the dawn, I went, aha. That's what Amen, this brother. Exactly. It's all in how you see it, you know. <laughs> for 40 days and 40 nights. You know? Yes. <laughs> How about, uh, you know, you? I don't know if you know, I do a lot of political writing uh, for candidates and organizations, but one of, your, that, no. yeah, one of your lyrics I really liked because it was so subtly placed. Without your friends in Washington, you'd be all alone. Care to share what that is? <laughs> <laughs> I wish Abe was here because that's Abe's line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's all part of the eschaton. That's just saying, you know, just it's just all part of Washington, and it's, it, 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 and it is a critique. It is a very big critique of the way that our country has set itself up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's what he was writing about. Yes. You know, I I, I don't want to I don't want to speak for him, but yes, that was just sort of that it's sort of that darkness, but what. Um, but redemption in that. Yes. And that Washington doesn't need anything. Yes. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I, I felt it was just a little bit of a prick there, a little bit of a, maybe not a bucket of cold water, but a, a sprinkle. Because <laughs> it was so subtly placed in the song, and it just makes me sit up and go, oh, that was good. That was good. Yeah. But oh, did, man, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. You notice all these, all these little lines, that's really great. Man. Yes, and, but one, uh, you know, which I think has a lot more uh, uh, comical uh, uh, is um, we're all going to die no matter what the plastic surgeon told you. <laughs> you know, that's a funny story because we were out in L.A. We were, we were, mixing, we were mixing a record uh-huh. and, and we were out on the porch. We were mixing with Jim Scott, uh, Rick Rubin's old engineer, and you could just look out on the mountain and just see all the wildfires. Mm, mm, and mm-hmm. there was like four different ones. And, and Jim Scott said, he said, you know, most of this is arson. Mm. So, so Abe came up with this idea that there's this guy who's just going crazy, like the Santa Ana winds are making him crazy. Yes. 
So, you know, tonight I'm going to light the San Fernando with kerosene instead. And, and that's sort of where it comes from. Yeah, I didn't know you that. Know, that's like interesting. It was, like taking, it was like taking the point of view of the arsenal, you know, which is a really weird... Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think a song has ever really necessarily been written like that. So, you know, that, that's sort of where it comes from. We just always try to, like, look at it from, you know, from the opposite perspective or from, you know, to think about what somebody else is going through and why they do what they do. Yes. To dig into it, but then also make it a catchy pop song. Exactly, know? exactly. Because you know what you do and the arts in general, but certainly music and lyrics, what you do... Um, not only points out what the problems are, the challenges, the issues, the, the, you know, come on over here, you know, take me on. But what's important is that you have to get people to, uh, to listen long enough to be involved. And that's what good music and your songs do. They, you're sitting there thinking you're just going to relax, beautiful melody, a poetic uh, lyric, and then all of a sudden you get hit and you, with a phrase, and you realize yeah. you are being you are being asked to listen to something that's a lot more than relaxing background. You know what I mean? Because your songs are definitely not background. Yeah. No, I mean it's like it's like Van Zandt said: "There's the truth, and then there's zippity doo dah." Yes. Exactly. Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 one of the things that comes to mind when you say that the truth of zippity doo dragging your life across the sands of time. I mean, yep. Uh, you just you hear a lyric like that, and you are you're thinking about it all day long. I couldn't. I actually couldn't fall asleep because I listened to that uh, uh, later at night. I don't. I don't sleep that much anyway. But when you're talking one a.m., two a.m., I got to get some sleep and you put on some music to relax. And you hear dragging your life across the sands of time. It puts things in yeah. perspective. You know what I mean? It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the time you sang uh, "Choices" uh, after George. Jones died. You were in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tell us how you feel yeah, about re- Joy. That was some yeah, I remember it really clearly. Um, for some reason, like I said, I, George Jones, I just thought was, I, I feel like he's more than a country singer. I feel like he is, he is one of the great American singers that mm. you could throw up with like Frank Sinatra or, yes. or Johnny Hartman or just, he's like one of the titans and it was a later song that he did. And mm. I think it was sort of a looking back on his own life and realizing all the choices that he had made led him to that point. And not to mention, it's just a beautiful song that fits in super well with three-part harmony. Yes. So when he passed, we were in Charlotte and we just, you know, we just said, hey, let's do choices because, you know, there's obviously the big George Jones that's like, he stopped loving her today. You know, there's all the, there's all the big ones. But yes. This one was a, was a little later. And just, you can hear the age in his voice. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the hurt a little bit more. And yes. It's just, it's just one that we've always latched onto. So it just happened that we were in Charlotte. I remember we were at the, I think, neighborhood or... Uh, uh, the Visualite Theater, and, yes. and we just kind of said, 
know, let's just let's do the tribute to George. Yes. Well, it was beautiful. And the audience oh, got so it. quiet uh, quiet for it. You know, I think they really, they understood what you were doing and, uh, oh, that's good to hear. and, and respected good to hear. it. You know, I want to oh, mention, so. my, my pleasure, and it's true. We, uh, I just want to make certain we mention again, so everybody got your pens out. But with podcasts, who needs pens? But uh, www.sonsofbill.com couldn't be simpler. That's where you can find information about Sam Wilson and his uh, two brothers. But we should also say that um, the music, Restless Heart, written and performed by Fisk and Anderson and produced by uh, Sam Wilson, the single Restless Heart became available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Google Play, and other platforms. Uh, yeah. uh, I think either Friday, September 23rd, or Saturday the 24th sometime, you, you do want to get a hold of them. As we close, Sam, I wonder, I wish you uh, you guys, Skyler and Carl and you, the best tour possible. And, and uh, I look forward to not only what you do in Texas and Arizona and California, but that you'll come back to the East Coast and sing for us over here. But we we'll take sure. a... We're trying, we're trying to book an East Coast run. Okay. Um, it's, not, it's not in stone, but we are. We're working at it. I've got, I've got everybody in the car with me right now. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's been a great AMA week. And, I mean, these guys are the real deal. You know? Yes, they are. To, I feel honored to be on the road with them. So. Well, take us out with... Uh, Tell us about the hymn song. What does that mean to you? Where did that come from? We only have a couple of minutes, but that's a good place to... That's a good question. I don't really know exactly how to explain that song. Mm. It's just, I mean, all the years I lost the sadness, all the years I lost the rage, I feel like we've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling like we've lost years yes. to, to rage and sadness mm. and there's just something about that song. We wanted it to be like a hymn because that's what a hymn is, mm. is that, that you find redemption in it and that, that, you find, that you find a purpose so that it's all just not like we're all just not wandering souls. We're all not wandering nihilist souls mm-hmm. that, we're, that we're all connected somehow. We don't understand it, but that's what we're doing. And yes. I think it was just sort of our mantra to be just like, hey, we're going to do this even mm. if it's hard, even if it's tears apart relationships yes. it tears apart certain you know even if you're not there for every family barbecue or every birthday mm. if you just if you feel that calling that you have to follow it till the end and that that's your duty yes and I feel like that's what that song I feel like that's what that song is about but, but I think everybody could listen to it in their own way and interpret it the way that they wanted to exactly it's like poetry how, it's, how, it, how, how it could relate how it could relate in their life Exactly. And give, and, and give them hope. Yes. Know? Just to give them hope because after all, that's the point. Mm-hmm. That's the point of music, to make you feel something. Yes. To make you feel, you know, it's, it's not to self As you say, there's so much life and energy and focus wasted on the negative emotions. Why not flip that and see the possibilities? And if you're going to focus on something and spend your energy on something, let it be something that inspires and uplifts. And you know, you don't you don't sugarcoat it. Uh, there is yeah. sadness, but you you want to come out on the other side, ready to carry on. 
you know, not yet w yeah. ready to admit marching with a heart beating too hard, too long. We still have some time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> look, at you, look at you with your quotes, Marcelo. Yeah. I listen like to your... Prepared, yes, I, I, I listen to your your music, and, and I, to, I told you, <laughs> the lyrics get me, and they stay with me. But we're going to move on now. On tour, uh, Skylar Fisk, Carl Anderson, and Sam Wilson, Restless Hearts. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. And as I said, seeing you guys back on the East Coast. Have great fun out there. Take care, okay? All right. Thanks, Marcella. Great my, to talk to you, man. My best, and thank you. Bye now. All right. Bye. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. Discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. A little Polish film entered indie theaters in 2014 and surprised everyone with its staying power. Ida drew audiences through word of mouth and earned itself a favorite place in the foreign language Oscar race. Under its quiet surface, Ida suggests the universal struggle of mankind to make sense of our existence. This is a world which fights to attain moral goals and leaves behind the detritus of corruption. Ida's journey is our path. A Catholic initiate, Ida's image of self, has been formed in a convent. Before taking her vows, she must now learn the secrets of her past. Guided by her deeply savaged aunt, Ida will discover her ancestry and the devastation that made her an orphan. Here we have allegory, vast human truths presented through an individual story. Visually, every frame of this stunning black-and-white film is worthy of display for the ages, with pearlescent detail emerging effervescent from deep shadow, beauty defined. Ida is contemplation at its best. True, contemplative might be read as warning, boring, boring, but not here. In this case, it is an apt opportunity to consider the state of mankind and our place within it. Mesmerizing. Ida. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Choices. Trump, Johnson, Stein, Clinton. Perhaps Saturday Night Live returns just in time to remind us you really can fool all of the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time. And just like that, 2016 elections aren't funny anymore. Soulmate, my aging cat, born on the streets with a bad liver, a bad leg, and now kidney issues, reminds me like a Sons of Bill lyric. For some of the people, some of the time, existence has been dragging your life across the sands of time, from food desert to college loan debt, whether individual or nation, from dinner wine to morning after Joe, the twilight looks a whole lot like the dawn. It's not just how little Trump and Wells Fargo, Romney, and Koch brothers pay in taxes. It's the lawmakers we elected allowing this systemic imbalance to increase and multiply in all areas of American life. 
Let's assert we hold these truths to be self-evident and reconnect to an all-inclusive oasis where no matter how many he speaks his mind excuses or clueless about Aleppo and foreign leaders or even sincerity regarding democracy, most of us still gravitate to the center of reason. Casting our precious privilege in a way that enables the election of a dangerous, thin-skinned, angry old snake oil salesman neither preserves, protects, nor defends democracy or the American Democratic Republic. Such a hard right turn turns us back to a Supreme Court failing to embrace counting all American votes as the constitutional way forward. In the wake of Bush v. Gore, America has been shocked and awed into preemptive strikes against a country that had nothing to do with 9-11, perpetual war creating ISIS, Al-Qaeda on steroids, global financial instability, worst national unemployment since the Great Depression, and of course the Great Recession. 2016, however, gives us an opportunity to help America think again by voting to prevent fears, frustration, and anger from transferring our belief in each other to faith in GOP hypocrisy, Gary Johnson ignorance, and a Machiavellian Trump. Only rarely in America has it been acceptable to give belligerence, misogyny, and bigotry a free pass. But now that Trump is no longer a reality sideshow, but mob-pleasing improvisation staged as semi-scripted nominee of the ultra-conservative right wing, that rarity has exposed its fangs once again. As an ardent Sanders supporter, I understand crushed dreamers and frustrated activists. But joining the deserting non-voters or giving into hopelessness that denies America mature, rational, pragmatic voting booth judgment gives neocons the legitimacy they crave. As citizens, it is up to us to vote to imprint the U.S. Supreme Court and impact the U.S. Congress. Hold the feet of Democrats to the fire, insisting on an Attorney General Bernie Sanders, an Elizabeth Warren heading SEC, a Supreme Court Justice Barack Obama, a Treasury Secretary Melinda Gates, all while keeping James Comey as FBI Director to keep the next President Clinton on the straight and narrow. We and the world we live in deserve candidates who can name as well as work with other world leaders. Not a Trump, nor a Libertarian Party, insisting that all must lift themselves up by their bootstraps, ignoring some have neither boots nor homes. It is for us, rather, to help protect all of the people all of the time from the bullies of the world, whether on Main or Wall Street, in Congress or uniform, Olympian doctors or a candidate's Russian hacker hero. Remember... We're all going to die, no matter what the plastic surgeon told you. So let us focus our collective attention, energy, money, and votes on eradicating all forms of bullying, sexual harassment, spousal and child abuse, bigotry, sexual and gender oppression, income disparity, military and campus rape, remembering America is the choices we make. Choose saving us from Alzheimer's disease and climate change, or live trying. Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices. 
heard around the world. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.